Well, I normally adjust my microphone before I get on live, but uh, apparently tonight that's not the case. And apparently tonight my whoa, lighting is just, that's better. And then better. That's better and that's better and hey, everything's better. course, if you're listening to the podcast, not watching live, still working on that, kids. And by working on it, I mean I haven't done anything. I just know what I need to do. I know what I need to do, and it involves spending some money, which I am loth to do right now. That, of course, was an absolute banger of a track. That's Link Ray Gun by none other than the pride of Gravenhurst, Ontario, the Curry Brothers. As always, very appreciative uh, that... Uh, Rob is letting us use that as the theme here at Toronto Beer Podcast. <clears throat> Man, I love that track. Check him out. Curry Brothers, C-U-R-R-I-E, Brothers on Bandcamp. I've been saying I'm going to put it in the show notes, and I have sometimes. I'm going to try and remember to do that tonight. The problem is, in 35 minutes when I'm doing all the administrative work, I've normally forgotten about that sort of stuff, but well worth checking out. Even if I don't put the link in, look them up. Man, hell of a good track. Have a sip of beer, if I may be so bold. Mm-mm-mm. You want to know what that is, kids? It's delicious. It's a hazy boy. Yeah, if you're wondering, I'm buying time trying to remember. Oh, yeah, it's uh, Meanwhile Down in Moxie. Had a couple of cans of that, so finishing up that one. But I'm not going to get done it. No, sir. Instead, we're going to jump into the beer for tonight. Tonight, oh, this is a classic. I, if you're watching the video, I probably only have to show you that label. And you know where we're going. We're going to the West End. We're going to the Junction. We're going to the first brewery in what was the longest-serving Prohibitionist neighborhood in Toronto. Nay, Ontario. Nay, the country? Don't know about that one. It was impossible to get a liquor license in the junction until like 1998 or something stupid like that. And you want to know why? Well, they would blame the Irish, but let's be honest, it was racism. It was a an area, well, it's called the junction because it's a, a rail junction happened there. And there was a lot of loading and unloading and reloading and such of uh, rail cars that work being done uh, primarily by porters. And the concern was that the Irish, if they were able to procure alcohol, would simply get drunk and would never go to work. So the neighborhood was dry. And it remained dry way too long. Oh, hey, Kevin. Welcome aboard. Anyway, that's a little prohibitionist history of the junction. Uh, trivia time. What province had, so pro Prohibition was a provincial legislation, it was never federally mandated uh, here in Canada. Oh, and there's Rob as well. Uh, never federally mandated here in Canada, thank the creator, but uh, Prohibition uh, did exist in every province and territory. And, oh, thanks, Kevin. Happy Monday to you, too. Uh, and as such, which province had the 
shortest prohibition and which one had the longest prohibition. Any guesses from the crowd out there? If you're listening on the podcast, I'll give you a second. I'm going to have a sip of this delicious beer. Mm -mm -mm. I'm not seeing any, uh, any answers in the chat. Well, if you're listening along at home, I hope you have your answers locked in. Hopefully you didn't Google it. That would be cheating and you'd only be cheating yourself because I'll never know. The answer is, oh, Kevin's guessing NL shortest. NL I'm guessing is Newfoundland. I believe that is incorrect. I believe the shortest was indeed La Belle Provence. France. No, wait, Quebec. Uh, Quebec, and I believe it was less than a year. I want to say it was like nine and change months. Longest? Anybody? 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 Longest, hilariously, the longest prohibition was from the smallest province. It was PEI. And PEI had prohibition for like 40 years, uh, which seems completely unnecessary. But uh, bless their souls out there in PEI and Newfoundland. Maybe it was Newfoundland. Actually, you know, it's interesting. Newfoundland might have been the shortest because Newfoundland wasn't part of Canada at that point. So that might be a technicality. Kevin might be onto something there. It might be Newfoundland. But at the time in Canada, which Newfoundland was not yet part of, which is weird to think about, but that's the nature of the beast. At the time, in Canada, the province with the shortest prohibition, Quebec. I think that might be what's going on here. Or maybe Quebec's was just shorter. But Newfoundland was not part of Canada during World War II, I think. Maybe they just joined up. You know what, we need to look this up. I don't normally go to the tape. When did Newfoundland join Canada? I didn't type all that. 1949. Yep. No. Prohibition was long gone for most provinces when Newfoundland joined Canada. So that could be the answer. Thanks for playing along. That was the inaugural and possibly ultimate um, Toronto Beer Podcast trivia moment. Anyway, we're talking about Instigator IPA, the pride of the junction, the pride of... Indie Ale House. Heck of a nice beer. Haven't had this one in a minute. You know where I got it? Not the junction. No, sir. LCBO. Well, that was a convincing sounding open. See if we can get the uh, camera adjusted here. Oh, yeah, everybody can see that. My voice might be a little quiet because I'm way far away from my mic. Now, this is interesting. Haven't had one of these in a while, as I say. I'd actually kind of forgotten what I was getting myself into. You know, color-wise, between uh, between the Instigator and the Moxie, they're almost the same color, would you believe? I mean, if you're looking at home, you wouldn't believe me. It's just the Moxie is, uh, it's nearly milky. It's so opaque. The Instigator, not, uh, definitely not brilliant, bordering on whether or not we'd even call that clear. There's a light haze to it. You could probably read through it, maybe with challenge. Lovely, uh, deep amber color, though. As I say, slightly hazy. Nice carbonation. Bit of a bit of a white head on there. Dropped fairly quick. Also, wasn't pouring with head in mind, so 
So let's take a sniff. But as I say, beer I've had a number of times, just not in a while. And actually, now that I think about it, don't know if I've ever had it out of a can. Had it out of bottle. Had it on draft. Might be the first time I've had it in can. Certainly the first time I can remember. So that's worth something. Mm-mm-mm. Pardon me, burping. Very rude of me. I am sorry. I was not raised to be that way. Kevin says reddish. Uh, I think it's looking that way on camera. It's more of a honey orange in my eyes. Um, for one, my ring light is in a fairly warm mode right now. Uh, this was it in, uh, that's it in like pinky white. That's it in like bluey white. That's how I want it tonight. Sort of yellowy, warmer. Uh, oh yeah, I was talking about the smell. Kevin distracted me. Well, it's interesting. Oh, that is actually interesting. Hmm. Huh. Man, I haven't had this in a minute. It's interesting because the hops aren't as um, explosive as you expect from an IPA these days. And sometimes what happens with IPAs like this is the brewer just keeps making it the same the whole time. And sometimes it changes. Uh, an example of this would be, say, like Canuck from Great Lakes. If you drink a can of Canuck now and jumped into your DeLorean and went back to when Canuck came out and it was in a big brown bottle with skis on the logo and it said Crazy Canuck, you probably wouldn't be able to tell that they were the same beer. And indeed, they're not. Uh, but you wouldn't immediately think, oh, this is the same as that. No, they're quite different. Uh, palettes change, tastes change, recipes change. This instigator, though, might not have. It's got a real West Coasty vibe. I can definitely smell some crystal malt. Mmm. Uh... Yeah, some citrusy, peely hop. Definitely pine. What is that? There's something I'm chasing here. There's a nearly... Hmm. Whiskey-like note to the malt. Which is weird to say. It doesn't smell like whiskey. It doesn't smell peaty at all. Not by any length of uh, the imagination. So I just want to close the output tray on my printer here. It's closed. I like to rest my elbow there. It was right in the way. Uh, what was I saying? Something almost like, yeah, not like scotch whiskey, but like a whiskey-like quality to the malt. Can't quite put my finger on it. I'm going to have a sip. Mmm. Mm-hmm, 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 Oh, that's nice. I haven't had that in a while. That's West Coast. That is as West Coast as wearing Birkenstocks and driving a VW Synchro van. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, she's bitter. Oh, yeah, that one gets you right in the cheeks. Oh, my fridge just came on. Do you remember back in the day when I used to pretend like I would try and stop that? And I'd be like, oh, I forgot it again for the 37th week in a row. Now I just accept that it's part of the ambiance. That horrific droning <laughs> compressor sound. Hmm. What's going on with this beer? Hmm. West Coast for sure. Old school. 
Except not old school. <laughs> like, that's the thing. Is it a British IPA? No, sir. No, sir. Not at all. It's a West Coast IPA. So what do we got? It's interesting because the hops are a lot less uh, aromatic and much more perceived bitterness. A little tannic, definitely resiny piney. Citrusy, but that's like a, a, a supporting role. Uh, predominantly what you're getting is an earthy, dank, piney hop. And again, a lot of perceived alpha acid bitterness on the cheeks. By the way, as I was doing that, uh, yeah, I shaved my beard off. Did everyone notice that? Did you also know it was like minus 10 with wind plus wind chill in Toronto today? Yesterday was not the right day to shave off your beard. If you had a beard and you live in Toronto and you shaved it off yesterday, you're a damn fool. And I wouldn't normally be that direct, but I'm speaking to myself here. My face was frozen today. It was horrific. That's neither here nor there. The, the knock-on effect, though, can you see in the... I, I have sideburns again. I like sideburns. Ever since high school, I've always rocked longer sideburns than is, strictly speaking, fashionable. I'm all right with that. I like a bit of sideburn. You know what else I like a bit of? This beer. Mm-mm-mm. Mm. Instigator IPA. Indie Ale has definitely some crystal malt in there. Musky. Not musky. Musty. Musky is the guy who makes Teslas. Musty, little dank, piney hop. What are we thinking in there? Interesting question. Could be Cascade or Centennial, um, which do tend to hit more on the citrus side. Hey, babe. Kids must be in bed. Um... But it's not just that. I'm willing to bet that they're bittering with something really big, like Tomahawk or CTZ, which is like uh, a Centennial Tomahawk and something that starts with the letter Z. There's a big alpha acidy, leafy, herbal, piney hop presence involved in this one. It's green. It's not weedy necessarily. It doesn't smell so much like weed. Maybe a touch, but not a lot. But what's interesting is a very clear crystal malt note. Now, not, um, not in a bad way, not in a over-the-top way, but probably, like, if, if anybody, and if Indy in particular, were going to, like, make this beer today with no history of having made it, they would probably dial that back a bit. Not a lot, because there's so much hop in here. You need that sweetness. Otherwise, it would just be horrifically unpalatable. But the way that, especially locally within, say, southern Ontario, uh, the way we sort of abused crystal malt has led to a, a, a population a little shy of the crystal malt. And to be fair, we did things with crystal malt that should not have been done to crystal malt. And that wasn't crystal malt's fault. That's what we did to crystal malt. Crystal malt is a good malt and it's effective and it's worthy. But we did bad things to crystal malt and overused it and kind of made it disgusting. And that's on us, not on crystal malt. This beer definitely has crystal malt in it. And it's a little surprising to my palate because I drink so much Ontario beer where, as just discussed, we've really, it's not that we don't use it, but we've really backed off crystal malt. 
The thing actually about this, it tastes very American. A lot of American pale ales and IPAs still use a generous amount of crystal malt to provide some sweetness. Now, having said all this, like Jeff Broders is going to message me and be like, there isn't an ounce of crystal malt in there, you idiot. It's Munich. <laughs> be like, ah, but I think it's crystal malt. Um, there's a really nice, sweet, like bordering on sugary malty quality to it, which is quite good. Just a little unfamiliar if what you mainly drink is, say, like uh, Life in the Clouds, which I drink a lot of, for instance. Moxie, which I was just drinking, no crystal malt. Not at all. Also, this is a beer made, obviously, with a generous amount of bittering hops, whereas East Coast style, New England, if you like, IPAs have virtually no bittering hops in them. So it's a very different uh, approach to an IPA, but it's very tasty. Especially if you're like me and my buddy Sam up at uh, Sawdust. We're West Coast IPA fans. I love this. He loves these. This is like Lone Pine and Bone Shaker. Those are both heavily bitter hopped uh, IPAs. Pretty sure Lone's got some crystal in there. Bone Shaker definitely does. It's what you do. It's a West Coast IPA. That was the thing. Uh, that's what everyone was chasing. And a lot of breweries did it really well. And this, this is one of them. Now, I am curious. There's a lot of text on the can. Oh, which is empty. Oh, yeah, because that's a bigger glass. I've been drinking out of a smaller glass all night, and I I won't bore you with the details. Anyway, I thought I had to pour more. I don't. Uh, Instigator, West Coast Style IPA. Yeah, see, I told you so. A West Coast Style IPA, the beer that started the craft brewing revolution. They, uh, they mean the West Coast IPA, not this specific beer. No offense, guys. Strong, with a big punch from fragrant... Bitter hops, agreed. Surprisingly easy to drink and great with food and friends, if you have any. I like that sense of humor. At the moment, I don't. Actually, that's not true. People are watching along, so that's nice. I do have friends. Thank you. And you're listening to this, so you're my friend, too. Ingredients, water, malted barley, wheat, hops, and yeast. There's a bit of wheat in there. Couldn't have told you that, but there it is. 6.5% alcohol, brewed at Indie Alehouse. Love this. Great West Coast IPA, as I say. What are we going to eat while we consume this beer? Great question. Give me a second. West Coast IPA is a little trickier. Mm -mm -mm. This is one where we're going to need to reach for something spicy and not so much on the fragrant side. Just something spicy. Mm. And sour. Because the beer is very bitter with some crystal malt sweetness. So what we need to do is we need to add some heat, which the bitterness is gonna like counter a bit. And the bitterness is also going to work well against some sourness with also the sweetness uh, in said beer. So we're looking for a food that is both hot and sour. Now, you might say hot and sour soup, to which I would say, feel free. I'm not gonna do that. That's not what I want. Rob says spicy. Oh, he's. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Rob says Indy's spicy fried chicken. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much the perfect uh, uh, recipe. The best part about Indy's uh, fried chicken, I say, I, I'm told, I've observed, I don't eat chicken, so I've never had their fried chicken, but their fried chicken, at least the last time that I was there with a friend, they do boneless. Their chicken's deboned. 
So the, you get these familiar looking pieces of fried chicken, but there's no bones. You just eat the whole thing, which that's pretty good. It's not like a ribeye steak or like a pork shoulder that you're barbecuing where you're actually going to draw out some flavor from those bones. Those chicken bones are just handles in the context of fried chicken. So yes, 100% Indy's spicy fried chicken uh, or um, like a Nashville hot chicken. Like, is it Dave's? Nash it's Dave's hot chicken, right? On Queen. I think I've gone past that on the streetcar. Maybe look them up. I don't know. Sounds like it's hot chicken. That'll work. These are all great suggestions. The key, of course, is these use hot sauces that are also sour. Now, I know I said sour, but I am going to edit and I'm pretty sure I've I've definitely at least mentioned this restaurant, maybe the specific dish. But what I want with this beer specifically I would love to get some Lynn Garden takeout. Lynn Garden, Hakka Indian cuisine in Scarborough at Pharmacy and Shepherd. Amazing. Um, I know like for a little while before the pandemic, like Hakka Indian was like a big deal and people like cared about it and stuff. And, you know, Instagrammers were living their best life eating Hakka Indian cuisine. This place has been there for a long time, way before anybody cared about Hakka Indian cuisine. And they make a variety of amazing dishes. If you go there and you don't get chili chicken or chili fish, you're a fool. You also need to get the house green beans. Delicious. I personally recommend the pakoras. I like the shrimp. But what I want is the Manchurian fried noodle. Now, typically we go there. It's, it's family style service, right? So you're not getting a single plate. You get platters and you put it on your plate. And so if you're there with six people, you're probably going to order eight platters of food and then everybody shares. And three of those are going to be green beans. I'm just putting that out there right now because maybe you don't know this and you need to know. So you're going to have some chili chicken or chili fish. So good. You're going to have some green beans, maybe some house shrimp. Real nice. Some shrimp pakora is delightful. Sweet and sour. Yeah, especially if you brought the kids. They love that stuff. But... Manchurian fried noodle. When we go with people, we tend to get the Manchurian beef fried noodle. And you're thinking, but Chris, you don't eat beef. And you are right, I don't. I pick the chunks of beef out and I give them to friends that do eat the beef. Now, did my noodle contact meat? Yes. Is there meat fat in it? Undoubtedly. Is there meat fat in every one of the damn walks at Lane Garden? Like no matter what you order, you're gonna get a little bit of animal fat? Yeah, that's gonna happen. You just pick your poison. We do typically get the Manchurian beef fried noodle. You can get the straight veggie fried noodle. It works just as well. The key here is nice, not thick, thick, but like nicely thick yellow egg noodles fried in so much fat and spice Oh, in a wok with this beautiful red spicy Manchurian sauce and then just like some random vegetables thrown in because... Maybe, you know, your gram is looking and is going to criticize you for not eating enough vegetables. There's like a couple of florets of broccoli and like some chunks of onion and like a little carrot. Oh, and maybe some green pepper. It's predominantly greasy, spicy fried noodles. 
And hot damn if that isn't exactly what I want with this. Because those greasy, greasy noodles, the hop, bitterness, and astringency are going to rip right through that. The beer is going to tear apart the spiciness. It's going to be amazing. You're going to taste the beer. You're going to taste the noodle. You're going to go back and forth. Maybe you're going to have a little chili fish on the side. Oh, man. I'd love to go to Lingarden or order it in. But going is better, but you don't get this beer there. So give and take. You just drink tea while you're there. Mmm. What a restaurant. That's what we're gonna have. Ling Garden's Manchurian Beef Fried Noodle, or veggie if you prefer, but just pick the beef out. There's beef fat in there anyway. And if that bothers you, that is a restaurant you're not gonna be able to enjoy. That's what we're having. It's delicious. It's delightful. I would love some of that right now. Also, as an aside, fantastic leftover. That noodle. Oh, cold or reheated cold with a hangover. Just magic. Mm -mm -mm. That's what we're having. Lingarden Manchurian beef fried noodle with Indie Alehouse Instigator IPA. As noted, uh, spicy fried chicken, particularly Indie Alehouse's own, a good choice. A Nashville style hot chicken, also going to work magnificent. West Coast IPAs love spicy food. Play with them. Play with the heat. You'd be surprised. A lot of people think they just want to crush, like, cold yellow beers. Oh, no, 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 no. Get a hoppy West Coast IPA. Better than anything you're going to have with spicy food. That's what I say. Hey, let me have a sip of beer, and I'm going to come back at you with exactly one event you should check out this weekend. That is a good beer. It's going to be interesting. I have like almost equal amounts left now of Moxie and it. Hmm. I don't know how this is going to go, but it's going to go off the record. So you don't get to find out. Uh, DM me. Maybe I'll tell you if I remember. Uh, what is happening? Actually, there's a couple of things. And guess what? None of them are directly craft beer related. So... Pardon me, burping into the microphone again. Just no class, no class. I'm Rodney Dangerfield. I don't get no respect. No, wait, I didn't, I didn't earn that respect. I'm burping. I'm slapping people in the face like Will Smith. And now I'm itching my newly found sideburns. Can you hear that? My microphone could definitely hear that. I could see the waveforms. Okay, this weekend, what are you doing? Hey. What are you doing? Oh, Friday is April 1st. <laughs> yeah, it was too soon. <laughs> Apparently they've kissed and made up. Uh, Friday is April 1st. What does that mean? My daughter especially, but both my kids are going to try and prank us. We'll see how that goes. Not a beer-related holiday. April Fool's Day, unless you... Uh, no, don't mess with people's beer. That just seems... That's not okay. Especially on a Friday. Especially if they're a person like me who drinks on Monday and then not Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then it's Friday and they're like, yeah, I get to have a beer, and then you prank them? Not cool. Unless you prank them and then give them a really good beer. In that case, I think we can work with that. Uh, no. Saturday, April the 2nd, is the 
long awaited and by long I mean they are keeping count and it's like 780 something days long awaited return of professional rugby in Toronto your Toronto arrows are facing rugby ATL which is like I guess a cool way of saying Atlanta um I gotta admit ATL does sound better no offense Atlanta rugby ATL sounds cooler sounds like a flight Flight uh, number rugby ATL departing at gate 37. We're now pre-boarding. What do they pre-board? Children, elderly people, and people with disabilities. Uh, Anyway, this Saturday at noon at York Stadium. Why do they play at York? I don't know. It's annoying to me, too. It's so far away. It's not even... I mean, it's just geographically within Toronto, but literally from the York Lions Stadium, I could kick a rugby ball out of the city of Toronto and I can't kick a rugby ball that far. That's how close to not in Toronto that stadium is. But I digress. It's not like Lamport is right downtown and wide open. Actually, it might be domed right now. And I actually know they had a lot of damage from the encampment that was there, and apparently it might take a long time to fix. So that's unfortunate, but pandemics, man, what are you going to do? This Saturday, what was I saying? Arrows, home opener, first home game in Toronto since the start of the pandemic. The, The pandemic killed that season. They played last year, but they played out of Georgia because they couldn't get Um, the travel allowances to get across the border and they couldn't have U.S. teams coming up. So all of our home games last year were in Georgia. Um, Atlanta, specifically, I believe, or just outside of Atlanta. This is the return of professional rugby to Toronto. Wolfpack have not uh, started their NARL season. They were saying this year, but I'm not hearing anything. Might be next year. We don't know. But the exciting thing is... We can all go down to the York Lions, and by down I mean up, 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 way up, like the friendly giant. We can go up to York and check out the Toronto Arrows playing rugby ATL. It's going to be a banger of a game. Tickets are cheap, guys. It's one of the best um, best values in Toronto professional sports. I just updated my season's tickets, so I don't actually know how much regular tickets cost, but they're not much. They're less than 20 bucks, guaranteed. There is a wonderful beer garden in the southern end of the field. Uh, Now, when I was last there, there was only like three or four breweries, but still, think about that. When you go to see TFC or Team Canada play at BMO, your choices are like Stella blue bud like it's it's an ab inbev house when you go to lions york lions stadium or even better lamport you don't know who you're gonna see but there's gonna be some fantastic beers so head on down also the beers are very reasonably priced typically like eight bucks a beer again I've gone to a TFC game like once in the past like decade and I think we were drinking like American pints, like 16 ounce pints of Stella and they were like $14. Man, I've never felt so ripped off in my life. 
Also, I was watching football, not rugby, so I don't know. I was appreciative. I didn't pay for the tickets, so. Uh, But that's what we're doing on Saturday. I'm going to be there. You better believe I'll be there. Am I going to go to the game and then go to my own rugby training at 4 p.m. and probably be a little late and also maybe not in the best shape for rugby practice? You're damn right I am. That's what's happening on Saturday. The return to Toronto of your Toronto Arrows. Uh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. So check that out. If you can't come down or up again, oh, so far up to the stadium, uh, do check it out. Games are on TSN.ca. If you have a uh, cable package and you can, they, I don't know. I don't even know how it works. You go on to TSN.ca and then they say, hey, prove that you pay for cable and then you prove it. If you, like me, don't pay for cable, top secret. You can also simply uh, use a VPN and uh, the rugby network, which um, airs the MLR to every market other than the one you're in. So if you just use a VPN, you can just watch it. And I always say I'm in the UK. Seems about right. Uh, and then you just watch it for free. That's what I would encourage you to do. Uh, What uh, VPN do I use? Well, this podcast isn't sponsored, but tonight it is sponsored by NordVPN. N-O-R-D VPN. NordVPN. You know why I like NordVPN? Because I got it using a ridiculous discount code that I got from a different podcast. There's no discount code uh, for NordVPN in this ad break for the Toronto Beer Podcast. I will tell you this. If you can't figure out how to get at least 10% off your first subscription to NordVPN, you're not trying very hard and you don't deserve a discount code. So I'm giving you 10% off a, uh, a subscription to NordVPN. You just have to figure out what the code is. I guarantee you they have one. Hey, Justin. Um, This episode brought to you by NordVPN. Oh, yeah, they gave me a ridiculous discount. And then every year when it's time to resubscribe, they offer me a ridiculous discount. Uh, So I keep on getting ridiculous discounts and it works for the most part. We have discovered we have discovered a slight problem, which is all of the IP addresses that they use have been blocked by ITV. In the UK, BBC has not blocked them, so I can still watch a lot of BBC sport, but ITV rugby games are completely blocked on the NordVPN network. Would I like NordVPN to sort that out? Yes, I would. Uh, Do I feel hard done by given how little I pay for NordVPN? Not really. Not really. I still get to watch a lot of rugby. But NordVPN, as the unofficial official sponsor of this show, if you're listening, sort that out, okay? It's not hard. Just crack a couple new IP addresses. Should be easy. I don't know how that stuff works. It seems easy to me. Mm-mm-mm. Uh, what was the other thing? There was something else I was going to say. There's another Arrows game down the line, uh, but that wasn't it. I, uh, hello, Ashley Reed. I don't believe we know each other. Uh, yeah, don't know what it was. Anyway, the event that you need to do is this Saturday, go to York Lions Stadium and, uh, check out your Toronto Arrows. Going to be one fantastic game. Fingers crossed for good weather because it is an outdoor stadium, which from the context of COVID is great. We like airflow and outdoor stadiums, literally full of it. 
literally full of it. Uh, other than that, you know what you need to do? Restrictions are lifting. If you are triple vaccinated, ideally, at least double, and you are financially in a place where you can go out, go check out some bars. They are dying for business, especially because the weather has really not cooperated and it has been cold and gross and like patios are not open yet. Not good. So if you can, please do uh, check out a live bar space, especially if they do music, because that's happening now. Here are in order of that they appeared in my head, the places you should check out. If you're in the West End, go to Indie Alehouse in the Junction. They are on Dundas, probably, I think. Maybe it's on the can. Nope. Just says Brewed and Packaged by Indie Alehouse Brewing Company, Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I think they're on Dundas. They're in the Junction. It's not hard to find. Fantastic bar. Amazing food, obviously great beer, love it. Check them out. If you're in the East End, oh golly. You could find yourself in many worse bars than Castro's Lounge. Go check out Castro's, small little place, but so near and dear to my heart. And live music is back. Hey, first Monday of the month, there's the next event. It's not what I was thinking of, but you should come check it out. First Monday of the month. You don't have to watch the Toronto Beer Podcast live at 9 p.m. And it's just occurring to me right now. I cannot go to this. And that's a little disappointing. Anyway, first Monday of the month at Castro's Lounge, Tom Waits Appreciation Congregation. If you are a fan of the music of Mr. Tom Waits, these guys, (laughs) they do it pretty good. The only complaint I have is the lead singer, Marty. He's a good singer. And I actually, uh, I liked Tom Waits' music. Was never really heavy into it. Then when I was working at Castro's, I would hear them a lot. And then I would also go as a customer and hear them a lot. And so the world of Tom Waits' music to me became the world of Tom Waits' music as presented by the Tom Waits Appreciation Congregation. It's a cover band, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that or not. It's a cover band. Uh, But then what happened was then I was like, oh, I should be listening to more Tom Waits music. And I put Tom Waits music, you know, on the box. And I went, oh, I forgot how bad a singer Tom Waits is. Uh, Yeah, that's what he does. Um, Tom Waits Appreciation Congregation first Monday of the month and Castro's Lounge has wall-to-wall live music and the creator knows we need people in bars spending money and supporting live music so if you can do that please, please do also check out your local brewery you probably have one. If you live in an area with broadband internet, you probably have a brewery within about 10 kilometers of your house. If you're like me, you have like six within three kilometers. And I live in the East End. If you live in the West End, it's even more in an even smaller amount of space. So, and that's of Toronto. As noted, we're fans of breweries everywhere. 
Love Block 3 in St. Jacobs. Love Refined Fool down in Sarnia. You know, love, uh, love Stormstead in London. Love uh, uh, Beyond the Pale in, uh, in Ottawa. Just did them last week. Uh, lots of good breweries and places that aren't Toronto, but I am from Toronto. And as far as I know, the world goes about to the Humber and about to the Rouge and things get real. You know, in, in Tolkien, they say that the two blue wizards went into the East. The equivalent to that in Toronto, in my mind, is beyond the 401. There's a world up there. There's a lot of stuff and a lot of people. And you know what I know about it? Almost nothing. That's not true. I used to live pretty close to the 401, but I have become pretty insular. So check out your local brewery, too. But, and I don't want to take a cent away from the breweries. They've had a rough go, too. But, man, if you're close to a bar, if you got a bar you love and they're open, support the hell out of them. They have had some of the worst two years of any bar's existence, so we need to help them out. Other than that, I'm done for the night, guys. I got things to do. I got a dog to walk. I got a wife to cuddle. So I'm going to do all that. We are going to be back here next Monday. I do not know what I'm going to do. I I teased that there was another brewery I might be. They are going to be uh, hooking me up with some stuff, but there was a wait for a canning date, and that date has not come yet. So uh, I am in what what we call in the business a holding pattern. Uh, but I am happy to drink just about anything and share with you about it. Tonight, what were we drinking? Ding. Instigator IPA from Indie Ale House. Bought this at the LCBO, and you can too. Can. That was a can joke. It wasn't, but it came out that way. Uh, You are able to pick up that can of beer at your local LCBO, and if you're not, ask them to bring it in, as discussed last week. Best way to get a beer in is for a customer to ask them to stock it. Um, I'm not going to say they will, but they might. So you should try. Other than that, in just a second, we're going to cut to the closing credit music. There's no credits because this is a podcast. But uh, I would like to thank our sponsor for the night, NordVPN. If you haven't checked out NordVPN, I would highly recommend them. There are other VPNs out there, but Nord's the one I use. And if you can't find a 10% discount code, you're not trying hard enough and you don't deserve it. So check out NordVPN. Thank you to the Curry Brothers, the pride of Gravenhurst, Ontario. Honestly, one of the nicest towns in Ontario, if I do say so myself. And I do. It's my podcast. Thank you to Rob and I'm assuming his brother or brothers. There might be more than one. I'd like to know some details about that. I'm going to try and find that out. Uh... Thank you to the Curry Brothers. Link Ray Gunn is going to take us home tonight. Take us home every night. Rob Curry and the Curry Brothers. I love you guys. Check them out on Bandcamp. Bandcamp.